your calendars and join all your ACB friends June 17th for the ACB Summer Auction. It's going to be a fun night of friends and fundraising for ACB. Some of our ACB leaders will be auctioning off items such as crafts, collectibles, jewelry, vacations, and food. It all gets underway at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. But you can get a head start on all the fun with the Appetizer Auction June 15th and 16th. To find out more, get in touch with Leslie Spoon by emailing Leslie Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. That's Leslie Spoon at CFL.RR.com. Get ready to get bidding at the ACB Summer Auction, Saturday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Zoom and ACB Media. Okay, you're on, Yasmin. Hi, good evening, everyone. My name is Yasmin Campbell, and I am the first vice president of ACBNY. And to thank you guys for coming to tonight's program, ACBNY presents Blind Pride. We are in for a treat and a very informative presentation um, that's going to be done by uh, Leah and Margo. And I will turn it over to them. But before I do, actually, uh, after they give the presentation or, you know, we'll take questions. Uh, but we if there are a lot of hands raised and, you know, we'll take those questions. Um, they'll stop in the middle and answer those questions. But um, but more than likely, we'll we'll take the questions at the end if time allows. I will turn it over to Leah and Margo. Good, take it away. Good evening. Thank you, Yasmin, for um, a wonderful introduction. And thank you for uh, inviting me to participate in this evening's community call. Uh, so my name is Leah Gardner. I am president of the ACB Special Interest Affiliate. Line LGBT Pride International, or BPI for short. And um, I am thankful to Margot Downey, who is here with me this evening, and we're going to have a dialogue um, about Pride Month. Margot sent me an email, I guess, a couple months ago, asking if I would um, be part of this call. And I said, absolutely, because Pride Month is one of the most important and, and vital um, months iPhone has joined the meeting for the blind LGBT pride uh, community. Um, just a, I'd like to give a history about BPI for those who don't know. Um, so in 1999, which was also the first ACB convention I ever attended, which was in Los Angeles, uh, a group of us, had some informal meetings um, in the hotel that we were staying in. And one of the key individuals involved in setting up those meetings was our first BPI president, Rob Hill. Um, for a few years prior to 1999, he'd been setting up some impromptu meetings at various ACB conventions for people that were um, blind and part of the LGBTQ plus community. And in 1999, um, this group decided to try and become a special interest affiliate of ACB. And so we went through the uh, petition process. And in the year 2000, the charter was granted. And uh, at the time, we were not called BPI. We were called Blind Friends of Lesbians and Gays. And I believe in 2000... 11, the name was changed to um, BPI, Blind Pride International. Um, and so this affiliate has now uh, been around for 23 years as of this summer. And we started as a very small affiliate. Um, and we have become a very recognizable voice in in the uh, ACB community. We have a podcast called Pride Connection. Uh, I'll be talking about that a, a little bit more later. And we are known for uh, 
the wine tastings that are um, <laughs> most recent <laughs> um, president of BPI puts together every year at convention. Um, by the way, just just a plug. We have three this year and the one on Monday night is already sold out. So you got two more days to register for for convention programming. If you want to go to the wine tasting, you hurry up because Tuesday and Wednesday are your options at this point. Um, but we also uh, do a tremendous amount of advocacy work. And in a lot of ways, I think that's what I'm here to talk about this evening is advocacy and history. So, you know, historically, Pride Month, when it first started uh, after the 1969 Stonewall uprisings in New York City, uh, does anybody here know what the Stonewall uprisings were? You don't need to raise your hands. I think we have a small enough crowd right this moment, but Margo, I'm sure you know what they are. So I'm going to ask the rest of the people in this room, does anybody know what the significance of Stonewall is? I think that was before my time. <laughs> I wasn't bored yet. It was before my time too. I, I had, there were six more years before I, <laughs> before I entered the earth. <laughs> All right. Hearing none. So in 1969, it was quite common in New York City for and other parts of the country for the police to raid um, clubs that were uh, set up specifically for um, for gay folks, lesbian bars, gay men's bars. And the police quite often would come into a bar at some point in the evening um, they would arrest people for no reason other than the fact that they were gay and they were dancing together and they were, um, you know, and they, and they were, according to the police, you know, uh, demonstrating lewd acts of, uh, you know, public, they were, they were displaying lewd acts just by being together in this, in these establishments, um, and often the police would, they would beat people, men and women. Um, they would take them to the police station, um, hold them for overnight. Some folks, I have to say this may be triggering for some to hear this, but a lot of, a lot of women were raped. Um, and it was very much a kind of a game for police departments across the country to do this. They would, you know, just decide, hey, let's go raid this uh, Stonewall Inn, which was an iconic um, gay bar at the time. And finally, um, one of the uh, a crowd of, of folks at the Stonewall Inn had enough of it. And they decided that they were going to fight back and they weren't just going to put their hands up and allow the police to just walk them out as if they were, uh, you know, as if they were cattle being herded to whatever punishment lay ahead of them. Um, they decided, you know what? We feel pride in who we are, and we are not going to allow these, you know, the, these men because at that time, uh, there were very, very few female police officers. We're not going to allow these men to treat us as if we are children, as if we are subhuman. And so uh, a lot of people, and I have to say a, lo a lot of folks who were, um, it's forgotten a lot, but a lot of folks who were, were very um, prominent in the revolt um, against the police were uh, were trans members um, at the time. Um, you know, we refer we refer to people that are transgender now as transgender. At the time, a lot of them were referred to as cross uh, cross dressers or uh, trans transvestites. Um, but many of them were were quite uh, vital to the Stonewall movement. 
And there was success uh, at the Stonewall movement. That fighting back really caused a change in the way that the police um, acted. And the Pride Month celebrations came out of that, that through standing up for, well, standing up for ourselves, uh, standing up for dignity, uh, celebrating who we are, was something that was important. And so a lot of cities across the country in 1970 started a lot of pride celebrations. Um, They first were kind of a protest and they were um, a way to basically tell society, we are here, we're not going away. You need to get used to it over time as a lot of laws changed and became more friendly towards the GLBTQ plus community, uh, pride became more of a celebration with parades and um, lots of speakers and um, New York city's one of the biggest, one, one of the biggest um, areas. It has one of the biggest pride celebrations in the country as well as San Francisco. Um, and over the years, it became very much like a weekend party. Um, Unfortunately, in this country right now, in the United States, there are a lot of laws being passed that are meant to degrade, that are meant to, uh, that are meant to try to turn back the clock. Um, against the GLBTQ plus community. Uh, Florida has one of the most infamous set of laws currently, which is referred to as the don't say gay bill, which basically is restricting teachers from grades K through three from mentioning anything about sexuality in the classroom. Um, There are bills like this in other parts of the country. Uh, There are also bills that are banning drag shows. Tennessee is is one of the uh, primary states doing this. Uh, There are um, bills that are restricting gender-affirming care, um, which means that if you are transgender and you want to take medication or have surgery so that you can, you know, that, that you can physically um, <clears throat> identify as the gender that you know in your heart that you are, your route to doing that is going to be restricted. If you're a minor, you're going to have a lot of problems. In fact, in the um, state of Texas, uh, the governor there, Greg Abbott, has basically um and the attorney general there have have basically put put in an, a clause um, in some legislation that that requires reporting uh, any parents that are trying to help their children get gender affirming medical care uh, that, that those parents need to be reported to child and family services. Um, There are bills trying to restrict uh, transgender youth from playing on the sports teams, um, you know, of the gender that they identify with. There are just so many bills out there. Um, You know, in Florida alone, there are over 60 bills. In Texas, it's about the same number. It's a lot of the southern states, uh, but the the really... Uh, The really painful piece of all this is that the violence rate against the GLBTQ plus community is getting to a point where it is going up. It's astronomical. And in addition to that, the suicide rate among transgender and GLBTQ plus teens is also surging. Um, That is a, a brief history of pride and why we celebrate it and why we are at a place now where where pride is <laughs> no longer simply a party. Uh, it is very politically um, necessary at this point. 
so I think I'm going to, at this point, ask Margot to, to join in. And we wanted this to be a dialogue between the two of us. So I wanted to ask Margot if you have anything that you want to add or, or, or bring up. Yes, I do. And thank you, Leah. That was a wonderful, very thorough history done in a few minutes. <laughs> Great. So um, first of all, let's go back to the Florida ban on teaching anything about the LGBTQ community in grades K through three. Now, let's say that Jill is in the second grade and they just come back to school in the fall and the teacher asks them, well, what did you all do last summer? Jill pipes up because she's real precocious and all. And she says, well, my my mom, I and my brother and my two mommies went to Disney World and we had a whole lot of fun. A lot of the children are going to go to mommies and something has to be appropriately explained by the teacher to the kids about different types of families, etc. But you see in Florida and other places that would be considered teaching LGBTQ plus stuff. I then I want to go to uh, which is kind of dovetailing on what Leah said and is I think we have a problem in the world about accepting differences. Why can't we let people love who they love, let people be attracted to who they're attracted to? You know, why can't we leave that alone? Why can't we accept that a trans person knows who he or she really is? Let's work on accepting differences. It makes all the difference in the world, and it makes everybody, I think, would make everybody less anxious and worried and stop the violence and stop these ridiculous laws that are being passed. And then I wanted to bring up Leah, if that's okay about allies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That's okay. Allies are very important to the LGBTQ plus community. We appreciate and love all of the people who are not LGBTQ plus, but who step in with us and stand with us and maybe don't completely, all of them don't completely understand about LGBTQ plus or trans or things like that, but yet they accept the difference and they accept that we understand what it means and they'll try to learn and if, and they may not get it all the time, but there are allies. They're in with us. They do not want to see us discriminated against or harmed uh, and so on. So we appreciate allies, those on this call, uh, we appreciate you being here because that means you're interested, you care, and you're standing with us. And we definitely thank you. And all of those listening on the radio, I forgot you all. Sorry. Um, I hope we have a lot of radio listeners as well. Leah? Yes. Thank you, Margo. Um, you know, one thing I was thinking about as as you were talking 
and you you were discussing a lot of the the lot of hatred and and intolerance that we're seeing right now is i don't know about you but there was definitely a time where i felt as if things were i mean as if things were we were making such progress where things were improving so much i remember in 2015 when the u.s supreme court uh came out with a five to four decision in favor of of making marriage equality uh, Mm -hmm. a nationwide uh you know a nationwide right um it seemed to me at that time that we were like wow this is the beginning of us finally finally uh having you know equity with people that are so-called you know so so-called straight um th- th- this is a time where we're finally being seen as people who love each other and who's you know who's right to love each other and have that legally recognized is, you know, is, is valid and it's, and it's being, um, and it's being recognized by, by the U S top court. Um, and there was so much happening at that time. It seems like, it seemed like things for transgender, the transgender community were getting a lot better. Uh, also, um, People that were asexual were starting to really talk about that. Uh, people who were, uh, you know, identified as non-binary <clears throat> or gender fluid were really beginning to make headway and inroads in, into gaining recognition. And it seemed like after 2017, when we, we got a new president, Mm-hmm. All the fringe groups that were, you know, expressing their pockets of hatred became that, that all just became much more acceptable. It wasn't just pockets of hatred anymore. It's like there was the, an explosion of just bigotry and hate speech and violence. I, I'm not sure. I, I Did you sort of feel that oh. that transition also? Yes, and um, I think the uh, groups that you're mentioning were waiting in the wings. I honestly believe that. They and were they, waiting? Yeah. They were waiting in the wings to come on board when they thought they had support yep. uh, to, to try to undo these things. Anthony's head is raised. <laughs> yes. Can yes. you Anthony. unmute? Hi. <laughs> what a great conversation so far. Um, I want to throw two things in here. First off, um, I remember, and not many people remember this, the first LGBTQ-centric commercial came from Ben and & Jerry's. And it was two men and a little girl. And at one point, she looks up and says, Daddy, can I have sprinkles? And the first man looks at the second man and says, Well, how about it, Daddy? And the other one says something to the effect of, of course, daddy. And, you know, the, the Ben and Jerry's jingle come on. And that was the moment that I th- that I thought to myself, wow, okay. You know, we had Will and Grace. We had movies. We had things like that. But, you know, when a company is putting this on national television, okay, we made it. Um, and, I, and I just want to throw in one more thing about transgender. P- part of the idiotic and and horrific um, structure of these bills is basically about quote-unquote grooming. And that, you know, based upon things that are being said and taught and media, et cetera, et cetera, that these kids are being convinced. Well, it is scientifically proven that from somewhere between the age of three and five, and every child develops differently, they know their gender, but they're taught by society, parents, churches, et cetera, et cetera. You know, girls wear pink, boys wear blue. You know, 
I am gay and very, very proudly gay. If you wanted to put a pink shirt or a pink dress on me when I was five years old, I would have told you straight up, I'm not a girl. I don't want that. And so when these children are discovering what's different about the way their physicality is based uh, from the way that their internal emotions and we continuously pound on them, that's what's driving the suicide rates. That's what's driving so much mental health, so many mental health issues. And every time a child hears even, you know, what do they call it? By osmosis, you know, on the background, subliminally, they're being told, you're not good enough. You're wrong. You're bad. You're not one of us. So I just wanted to throw those in there. I didn't think you were going to call on me so soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I wanted to just recommend something to people. This is not completely LGBTQ+, plus, but if you have not read, or if it was a long time since you read The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. I would suggest that everybody read that and then her subsequent book, uh, Margaret, Margaret Atwood's subsequent book, The Testament. I would suggest that everybody read those because that's what this is beginning to look like. Now, having said that, and, and it sounds like we're the voice of doom or something, but yet we are a proud community. And that's why we have pride all year, not just the month. We're proud of who we are, even if other people aren't. And we are proud of the allies that stand with us. And we are proud of those who take in children that are kicked out of their families' homes. And we are proud of all of this. There's always hope, even in this, even in this ridiculously crazy time, there's hope. And I always, can I, I have a a quick, a quick, um, like question for you guys. Um, could you actually touch on like the pronouns? Because that's something, you know, recently, um, you know, that we started to, that I I know I started to see more of, um, even, even like on zoom calls with meetings, they'll ask you what your pronouns are. Um, when, you know, when you apply for jobs, I, I see that. Um, now there, so uh, can you know you guys touch on the importance of um, you know pronouns and, and using them and respecting them? Yeah, okay. absolutely. That was that was coming up. I just want to follow up on, on something that well that Anthony and and Margo kind of brought up. Um, you know it it is not a time for for doom and gloom. It is a time to. Well, it's a time to fight again. I mean, the GLBTQ plus community is not a stranger to fighting. Um, when you think about our history, when you think about Stonewall, uh, I think that for a lot of us, it is, it's sad. Um, it's painful that we have to be at this. It's sort of a, you know, we have to be at this time again where we need to, we need to fight. We need to exert ourselves. Uh, You know, we need to push back against this growing tide of hatred, but we have done it before. And now this generation coming up, generation Z millennials, it it is time for them to, um, they can't, we all just can't be complacent anymore. Uh, it's going to take voting for politicians who are going to uh, turn the pendulum back. Uh, it is convincing people in our lives um, that we have earned this this right to be proud, that we have fought hard and we have, you know, we have earned the right to be equitable members of society. 
I also want to uh, say something about um, a lot of these. One of the things we're seeing is backlash against companies who have in the past 10 years or so uh, been very friendly to the GLBTQ plus community. Target has, you know, taken down a lot of its um, queer friendly uh, merchandise displays due to backlash. Um, Bud Light pulled an advertisement, um, you know, that that featured a transgender individual, uh, you know, because of an outcry. Uh, But I want to applaud. I saw a list yesterday of brands that are standing up for Mm -hmm. for our community. And it's a pretty it's a pretty long list. And, uh, you know, if anyone does a Google search, they can come up with it. Bath and Body Works is on that list. Uh, And some of them I did I did not recognize. But, Margaret, do you remember any of the other names on that list? There was there was a a big long list. No, Eagle, American don't. Eagle, American yeah, Eagle American was on that Eagle. list. Yep. They, yeah, they were on that list. Um, I mean, a lot of companies, it would be good to, to bring those companies up so that when you make your decisions about what brands you want to shop for and who you want to support, uh, support those brands that are not bowing down uh, to to these discriminatory practices uh, that are, you know, that unfortunately are are impacting Target and some of these other companies. Um, I also wanted to say another thing uh, about hope. So I, I visited New York City in mid May, and I had my first opportunity to actually visit the Stonewall Inn. And, uh, you know, I, it is such an iconic place. And I, and I felt just this, (laughs) I felt this amazing sense of history. I went there with, uh, with, with two very close people in my life and they have actually, they've coined a uh, Stonewall IPA. I had one of those and, um, you know, we, we stayed there for about an hour. They Stonewall has some T-shirts available. So I have a T-shirt that I wear now that commemorates the 1969 protests. And it gave me a, a great deal of um, historical perspective, but, but also a great deal of optimism. Like this place represented all the work all the all the the fire that went into putting us where we were in the mid 21st century and we've done it before and we will do it again yes (laughs) ma'am now to gender (laughs) pronouns (laughs) do you want me to do this or do you want to do this if you'd like to please please feel free and then i can you know i I can make any comments yeah okay um first of all Uh, pronouns are very important these days mine are she her and hers there are people who have the pronouns they and them and theirs and then some other pronouns that people have come up with um, quite a few but the pronouns are important because You can, you often, if you introduce yourself with pronouns, often people will know that you're okay to talk to, that you're okay to meet with. And so pronouns are are very important. Um, I know the New York State Commission for the Blind here. Uh, a lot of the staff use pronouns when talking with uh, soon-to-be clients um, because a lot of the clients thank them for using pronouns so that they know that these people are allies and won't judge them. So that's an importance of pronouns. But it identifies you. We have so many people that identify in so many ways these days that 
it's kind of good to know who's identifying as what. I even know somebody who has no pronouns. And that gets kind of interesting when you uh, try to talk about or to uh, the person and listening uh, to the person um, talking without pronouns. (laughs) So uh, that gets kind of interesting. But yet that's that person's identity. And it's okay. It's kind of like learning a new language, but it's okay. So Leah, you want to take it? Yeah, I I also want to say that it is it's okay to make mistakes. Um, You know, I think a lot of times it is really critical now to ask somebody, what are your gender pronouns? Uh, In fact, I was uh, checking into a hotel in Denver a few years ago and the desk clerk asked me, what what are your gender pronouns in mine or she, her and hers as well. But I just thought that it was such a reflection of the progress that we've made in society uh, because I have, I know a lot of people who identify as they and to actually be asked what are your gender pronouns and to have somebody uh, respect that I think is, is critical. But for a lot of folks, this is something new. This is something a lot of, a lot of people are getting, getting used to, and it's okay to slip. It's okay to make mistakes. And when you make a mistake, it's, you know, you, you just the next time you use the pronouns, use the right ones for that person. I make mistakes. Um, we all do. You know, I think a lot of us are still getting getting acclimated to to the different pronouns. And most people who identify as they as they or them um, are, are <laughs> are very forgiving as long as you are trying. And as long as you aim to use the gender pronouns that they identify as, that's okay. Where we, I think where there are a lot of problems is that there are people that just refuse. If you hear that somebody wants to be identified as they or them, and you refuse to, you refuse to do that, that is a disrespect to that person that is that it you are you are injuring that person um because it's taken a lot for them to get to a point where they claim who they are and they are able to ask for the world to identify them as they see themselves even if you don't necessarily agree with the use of these pronouns if you if you want to if if you want to be friends with somebody if you want to gain somebody's respect then when you speak with them use the pronouns that they have asked you to use i kind of see it as you know if someone keeps mispronouncing my name over and over and over again and I correct them and they continue to do it, you know, for me, that's just sort of a, a, a blatant um, disregard for what I have, you know, for what I have asked. Um, so that, that is, I, I, I think that is um, the key thing to remember about pronouns. I see that Yasmin's hand is up. Yes, um, I just wanted to say, um, just to give a quick time check, we got about 20 minutes okay. or so left in the, um, on the call. So um, or I just wanted to ask if you guys are finished with the presentation or could, could we um, possibly move over to maybe opening it up to, for questions? Because I know I definitely have a question about the pronoun. <laughs> I, had, I had one more. Th- um, I wanted to promote uh, our current podcast of a pride connection yeah. 
mm-hmm. before yes. before we open, you know, before we open things up. But Margo, did you have any follow up on on gender pronouns before I do that? No, but I think we need to talk about the Pride Connection broadly, but also last night's program that is now a podcast. So very exciting. Go ahead, Leah. So uh, I know Anthony, I know Anthony has his hand up. So I'm going to just, I think, I suspect Anthony wants to talk about Pride Connection. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just, let me just, uh, please let people know that uh, we've had Pride Connection has been uh, BPI's podcast since March of 2020. And Anthony and I have talked about this and, and we both agree this particular episode of Pride Connection, which is called uh, Don't Say Gay Will Not Make Us Go Away, um, is the best, is the best podcast that has that, that BPI has put out uh, up to this point. And it was Anthony's brainchild. He had an idea of how this could sound. And I think that it surpassed any it surpassed any any sort of the nugget of possibility that he had in his mind i agree (laughs) so please um i'm gonna let anthony talk about it in a second but please 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 uh there are testimonials of people that are part of the glbtq plus community and how these new laws traumatize and impact them uh, there are some wonderful testimonials from our allies. Uh, there are some statistics uh, at the beginning of the show uh, that are really compelling and, and powerful and I think give a, a vivid reality of what we're facing. And the way that the show was put together by our editors, uh, Tim Cummings and, and Bryn Lee, it's almost very much like a, a documentary that you might hear uh, on a, a PBS or or a um, you know a, or an entity like that. So please, please check it out. It'll be running for the next month uh, on ACB Media One, and it's also available as a podcast if you look for. Uh, uh, for Pride Connection, and it's also on ACB Media's podcast page as well. Please, please check it out. If you don't listen to any of our other Pride Connection podcasts, please uh, check that one out. Uh, Anthony. <laughs> well, thank you, Layla. Oops. Oh, <laughs> you've just been downgraded in, in my respect category now. Much, much um, so first off, Yasmin, you guys are scheduled to go um, 15 minutes. Uh, you have a one hour and 15 minute schedule. So that's awesome. All right. Pride Connection. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast The Daily from the New York Times. And about halfway during the pandemic, they did uh, a series of episodes where it was just listener testimonials with some background music and some other things thrown in, you know, the snippets of Dr. Fauci and Trump and blah, can't say his name and without like wanting to gag. But um, it was so powerful hearing from individuals who had lost people who had, you know, suffered so badly of, I remember so very vividly hearing a man talking about how he waited outside the nursing home until shift change so that he could sneak around and tap on the window. And he was out there when, when his, he heard the, the, the sounds of the machines and the people coming in. Um, and so I, I wanted something like that for Pride Connection. All you need to do is go to acbmedia.org, swipe about four swipes to the right till it says podcasts, and then maybe about 12 or 13 down to Pride Connection, and it is the first connection, the first episode you'll see. And I don't think it's only the best thing that, that BPI Pride Connection has done. I hands down fully believe this is the best produced thing anybody in ACB has ever done. So thank you for letting me tell you about that. Thanks, Anthony. 
Um, I'm, I, I think at this point we can open it up if we have, if we have some raised hands and we could have more of a, um, conversation at this time. What do you think, Margo? I think we can. Do we have any other raised hands? Oh, I do. I have mine. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Okay, so Mike, first of all, say thank you so much. This was a, a wonderful presentation. Um, I've definitely learned so much. And my question is exactly what does the they pronoun mean? Is it just, no, is it everybody together or what does that mean? Well, so typically, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, it's yeah, okay. Do you want to do this? I was just going to say that typically um, they pronoun refers to somebody that doesn't view themselves as either male or female. Um, they they view themselves as non-binary. Um, sometimes it refers to somebody that's uh, referred to as non-binary transgender, which means that they may gravitate towards one gender, but there is there is fluidity there. So it basically means they don't see themselves as a him or a her. They see themselves as, as there's a duality there. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a, uh, a mix. And so if sometimes people are what we, what we consider to be gender fluid, um, and you know, they, they have sort of different perceptions, um, at various times on, on who they may be. Um, sometimes people are just not comfortable with the standard she or he pronouns. Margo, did you want to chime in on that? Yeah, I was going to say, um, cause I know a couple of gender fluid people and it's to the point that, uh, they may, have one day a name that is generally considered a guy's name the next day it might be a woman's name so if you know that about them it's kind of nice to ask you know when you see them on a particular day um what is your name today and what are your pronouns today and then you know kind of where they are and can call them by the proper name, etc. cetera. Uh, some people aren't quite as, as gender fluid all the time. And so that's why we need to try to do our best. And when we make a mistake, apologize and move on, but do our best to acknowledge and respect um, people who you meet on a daily or weekly, monthly basis. Yeah, I always put my gender pronouns um, in my work email. I have them in the signature line. Um, And I've noticed a lot of people are are starting to do that now. Um, Mm -hmm. So that you know just by reading their email um, what their identifiers are. And, you know, especially us as blind people, sometimes... We, you know, we're not getting visual cues either. So it's really important to ask. Like, for instance, I, I get called sir a lot because I have I have a buzz cut. And, I, you know, I I have what I've been told kind of stereotypical, um, I, you know, kind of male features and gestures. And uh, um, it can be confusing. Um sometimes vocally somebody is transitioning um you know they're they're a trans person and they're transitioning and sometimes it can be difficult to tell by their voice um what -hmm. their pronouns are so it's very important just if you're not sure just ask you know what are what are your pronouns what do you what are your pronouns that you identify as that way you know, you're, you don't make a mistake and you're respecting that person. Does that answer your question? Yasmin? Yes. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Um, I know there are some guys there. Okay, go ahead. Hi. Thank you. Your speeches was phenomenal. I have a question. I run into a, I do a lot of mentoring on the side with with teenagers. And um, is there a safe haven for those that get thrown out the homes or have no and have nowhere to go? Do you have safe havens that they can go to? I can answer that. Oh, I'm sorry, Leah. Go ahead, Margo. Go ahead. Um, I I can't answer for the whole country. Okay, maybe probably Leah's got a a new a thing for where she lives, but uh, in Western New York. Uh, P flag, uh, which is parents and friends of lesbians and gays, but includes uh-huh. transgender. If if a kid is kicked out of home, uh, he is, if if they know about that person, they will send him. There is a network of straight allies. Now, the reason you don't want to send that person to a lesbian's or gay's home because that person needs to be protected and they're going to be protected going to a straight ally's home, but they're Mm -hmm. also going to be loved and cared about. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's figured out what to do uh, after that. But yes, so many uh, kids are homeless throughout the, you know, and if they drive, they're sleeping in their cars. If not, they're homeless. And probably a lot of them are exploited on the streets. Yes, it's, that's true. It's a very, it's a very sad thing. Uh, Leah? I, know. I was just going to say so, a lot probably depends on what state you live in. I mean, you're going to. I need it for the inner boroughs, for the five boroughs. Okay. okay, so if you're talking about New York City. Okay. Yes. I'm going to jump in here for a second. Contact okay. the Hedrick Martin Center in New York City. I'm, I don't have contact information, but it's Hedrick okay. Martin. Um, there Hedrick are a couple Martin. of facilities okay. on Roosevelt Island. And just like Margot <laughs> was saying, there's a network of, of um, foster families. They don't discriminate mm-hmm. straight versus um, LGBTQ mm-hmm. in, in this mm-hmm. network. So Hedrick Martin Thank you. Well, no, I, I don't think it's discrimination here. I think it's they want to make sure to protect everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And it may be unsafe for some LGBTQ people to, yes. to bring these people in. So that's mm-hmm. why that's why they do that. But no, it's not it's not discrimination at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And the hair trick. Uh, group, I did um, a presentation or, well, I was listening to a presentation that they do. They're amazing people. And it's H-E-T-R-I-C-K Martin. Anyway, you can probably Google it that way. And they mm-hmm. deal with youths. And you can okay. probably get a lot of information. Uh, okay, from I found them. Okay, okay, cool. Great. Cool. And do they offer counseling for them as well? Oh, yes. And just all kinds of, I mean, it's amazing. You'll, you'll be amazed at what they okay. can do. I'll call them tomorrow. And if I've taken some of the children home, but if not, I definitely feed them. And um, I got a couple of friends that will take them in for like a night or two or something like that. But how, See, would, a person, how would a person, how would we go about... Um, I've been looking at a building in Harlem and we're thinking about if we can get the building, having it renovated. It's an old um, apartment building, to be honest, renovating it and then trying to get it with, you know, making that become a place where they could come for safety. That's a wonderful idea. And I wish you all the best of luck in doing that. I think it's great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks, Chanel. Do we have any other questions? If somebody doesn't know how to put their hand up, I, I, I think we have a small enough group that you can unmute yourself. Yes. Yes. This nine is away. Yeah, I do have. Um, I just wanted to say, this is Yasmin, um, that so much has changed since um, I was in high school. 
And when I was in high school, I went to an all girls Catholic high school in Manhattan. And, and my first experience with, um, you know, with a, a, like a, a lesbian couple was, you know, these two girls um, in my grade. And I guess the nuns found out about, you know, their relationship. I mean, they weren't really open, you know, like in the hallway, making out that kind of stuff. But they word got around and I guess got back to the nuns. And one of the girls actually like they, you know, they went. I think they had to go like before the Board of Education or something. And the girl actually one of the girls actually got put out of the school. And, you know, and the one that was still left there, she, you know, she really was sad. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how could they, you know, do this to her and, um, you know, break up, break them up pretty much. And, you know, going forward after that, I, you know, I graduated high school in, in 96. So, you know, there was a lot going on back then. So now, you know, currently there seems to be a lot more. Um, acceptance, you know, uh, as far regarding the the young teenagers nowadays. I know there's still, um, you know, some teens that may face a lot of uh, problems and, and diversity, and um, you know that you know now. But um, I believe we've come a, definitely come a long way with um, you know uh, making sure the message is out to anyone who is, you know, willing to come out to, who, you know, family, friends and things like that to their partners or whatever, um, that it's, you know, there's a safe space for it now. It's more acceptable. And, um, you know, there's more, I've had a few friends who, you know, same, they're the same sex marriage, you know, they, they went ahead and got married once it became legal and, you know, they, they felt, you know, wonderful and we were happy for them that, you know, they, could be seen in the same light, quote unquote, uh, you know, as a, a, a husband and wife, um, you know, uh, situation. So I just wanted to say that, that, you know, we definitely have come a long way, you know, in, in this we have, but, but that can be taken away quite quickly. I mean, imagine if these kids go to, uh, again, go to school, in an educational system where you cannot talk about um, gender identity um, and GLBTQ plus issues openly. Um, that's, that's what we're facing with a lot of this new legislation now. That's very unfortunate. Especially when our schools were supposed to be the safe spaces for kids to explore yeah. and ask questions find knowledge definitely definitely so i I guess i just wanted to throw a question out there so as far as um our organization you know is there anything that we could do more as an organization um you know to get the word out to be more supportive like how could we you know i know more um margo talked about being allies but how could we do that as a you know, as you know, ACB is a, is a big organization. So is there things that they have done or, you know, that they should continue to do or that they maybe haven't touched on? You know, I think ACB as an organization has come a long way. I remember when, when BPI was first uh, given our charter as an affiliate, there were a couple of uh, state affiliates that tried to, that wanted to revoke our affiliation status. Uh, I give a lot of kudos to uh, members of the AC board, ACB board at the time who um, refused to allow that to happen. Um, I think ACB, I'd, I'd like to see ACB uh, be more aggressive in um Supporting us when there are, I think, uh, slurs used against us, uh, when somebody maybe from ACB sees or hears um, something that is said in a derogatory way or sees an email that is written in uh, a derogatory way. 
I'd like to see ACB follow up on those types of things much quicker. Um, you know, ACB has a code of conduct that, that, that none of that will be tolerated. Um, and, and I would like to see that be enforced. Um, I think in terms of our allies, we have a lot of wonderful allies in ACB. And I think if you want to be an ally, you know, if you hear something um, that is said, that's, that's something that's cruel. If you hear something that is said out of ignorance, you hear something that uh, somebody in your life says that is wrong, that you know, you know, is blatantly wrong about people that are part of the GLBTQ plus community. It's not always easy, but one key part of being an ally is standing up and saying, hey, you know what, I, I disagree with you. That's not right. And I stand by the GLBTQ plus community. Um, I think, you know, buying pride, um, uh, pride shirts, uh, pride buttons, um, supporting, as I talked about earlier, brands that are uh, GLBTQ plus friendly. Um, those are all things that our allies and, and members of ACB can do. Uh, holding conventions in LGBTQ plus friendly um, cities. March and um, pride parades. March and pride parades. Absolutely. With, with a friend of yours that is GLBTQ plus, um, you know, just, just being supportive, it, you know, is, is, it means a great deal. I mean, we on the Pride Connection episode that just aired, there were some great stories uh, by our allies yeah. about just being there for friends um, that, that were part of our community and seeing what their friends went through and, and just being there, being a witness at, at a, uh, the wedding of two women was a, a, a very moving story. Um, just, I, I just say, just be there. If I can jump in for okay. a second, <clears throat> yeah. you know, on, on a more localized level, you can encourage the different sub affiliates of, of New York to also include, you know, pronoun progressive language mm -hmm. in all of their outgoing communications. Um, I know ACB wants to work on that, but they want to work on like 9,000 things at one time. So when we actually get that into the communications plan, um, I will jump up and down and scream with joy. But we can start <laughs> on the local level. Mm-hmm. 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 That's a good idea. That's it a is. good idea. You could write a that resolution that goes for your state convention asking for outgoing communications to be pronoun progressive. Okay. I was going to ask, like, how could we, <laughs> how could we start on that? And I also want to say BPI, I'm sorry, I'm going to plug because it, we have some amazing program during convention. We have two vir virtual programs, one that is talking about pronouns and identifiers. And then again, during the physical convention, um, a Zoom session called Aging Over the Rainbow. But part of that conversation is understanding all of the different identifiers uh, and why pronoun usage is so important. But uh, check their schedule and, you know, sign up for as much BPI stuff as you can. So speaking of that, how if someone is interested in, in joining, how how would they go about doing that? Is there only one? There is um, one very easy way to join. <laughs> you go to bpi.gay slash join. Um, for everybody, it's $15 or $200 if you want to support for life. If you're a student, you get $5 off. It's 10 <laughs> <laughs> And Lee and I yeah. will send you a welcome message as soon as you join. Yeah, I wanted to point out you can join as a as a uh, one time um, subscriber to BPI, or you can join as a recurring membership. Um, so we have we have 
as, as Anthony said, we have a number of options and we have just gone through an extensive overhaul and renovation of our website to make it as accessible as possible. So our uh, membership pages have been tested and, and retested uh, for screen reader accessibility and, and low vision accessibility. Okay. I don't have a question, but I will say thank you so much for, you know, reaching out and coming to the subject matter expert to have this conversation. And anytime you want to have a conversation, BPI is available. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank just you everybody. You, absolutely. <laughs> and if you, if you want to reach out to us, you can always email membership at uh, membership at blind LGBT pride dot org no dashes no punctuation just blind lgbt org if you want to contact me directly you can email president at blind lgbt org um and yeah we hope we hope um we'll get we'll get some new members um because you know you definitely we we love our allies so we we would absolutely appreciate that tell them about friday tell them about friday <laughs> so, no, thank you. I, I've got a, a whisper. I, I have a, a, a whisper in my ear. <laughs> we're having it. a we're having a pride celebration. We talked so much about the, you know, all of the challenges and 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 all of the obstacles and pain. We are going to put that away on Friday evening, and we are going to just have a pride celebration and raise a few virtual toasts to um, just appreciate who we are, the people we love and the people that, that, that love us. And that's going to be at six o'clock Eastern time um, Friday evening. Um, and there will be a zoom. Uh, there, there, there will be a zoom link. Um that will come out. It's part of ACB community. And w which uh, media channel is it going to be on? Is it Anthony? Uh, I think it'll be on ACB media five and it'll be in the daily schedule. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I can send the information to, um, I can send the information to Margo also for folks in the, uh, ACB New York Diversity Committee, and, okay. and it could be passed on. Yes, that would be okay. wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So before we end, I just wanted to say a, a big thank you to Margo and to Leah for an awesome presentation. And it's just been, you know, really informative. And we really appreciate this, this conversation uh, this evening. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, it's been nice having a dialogue with Margo and 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 all of you. And Leah, you're see, you're an honorary New York member. <laughs> <laughs> so you can join any time. So join us, even even without being in the state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 